Hey everybody, and welcome to Coach's Corner, where I often feature thought leaders and have awesome conversations with them. And today, my friend Kelly McNellis is joining me to bust one of the most harmful myths out there, which is that we're supposed to have it all together and all figured out. But in truth, our lives are messy. And so are we. We talk about her new book, Your Messy Brilliance, which is not just another prescription for living the quote unquote perfect life. Instead, it offers an engaging, customizable roadmap to the authentic you. Kelly is a self-proclaimed recovering perfectionist who now makes being real her top priority. She's a mom, a wife, a friend, a mentor, and a businesswoman. She's also an incest survivor, a Reiki master, minister, and healer. Sometimes she drinks too much or yells at her kids. She's really trying to minimize that one. These experiences are all a part of her, the good, the bad, and the fugly. And she embraces her own perfectly imperfect self. And in our conversation, we're giving you permission to do the same. Kelly's also the founder of Women for One, a global community of women that are eager to claim their voices and get their real stories out there. By the way, you don't have to be Liz Gilbert or Huffington Post blogger to share your story on Women for One. All you have to do is be the real you. Go to womenforone.com to learn more about that. And I'll put a link to her book in the show notes. And before we talk to this fabulous lady, Kelly, I want to talk to all you fabulous ladies out there about fall shopping. If you're still trekking to the mall to shop for your favorite styles, maybe try getting out of the 90s and get with the times. You can finally be a fashion trendsetter and you don't even have to make millions to do it and you don't have to leave your house. You deserve to have the look you want this fall and you can do so by visiting justfab.com. I love this site and millions of women, including me, (laughs) say JustFab is their go-to site for what's new and trending in boots, shoes, clothing, and accessories. When you visit the site for the first time, you're given a style quiz. I love quizzes. Don't you? I mean, especially quizzes where you don't get graded. You just get more shopping options. And after taking this quiz, JustFab personalizes your shopping experience so your favorite styles will rise straight to the top. Has a store in the mall ever done that for you? Probably not. You can shop as a guest or become a VIP. Spoiler, becoming a VIP is by far the best way to shop. VIPs save up to 30% off on retail price and gain access to tons of other exclusive perks. I signed up as a VIP and found everything I needed. It's so easy and so much fun to shop. And to keep all these benefits, JustFab charges a $40 shopping credit to my account per month that I can use for anything on the site. And guess what? If I don't feel like shopping that month or I just don't really want or need anything, I click the skip button and my card isn't charged. Not a bad deal for 30% off every purchase. You'll love JustFab and you'll really love being a VIP member. So go to justfab.com slash over it right now, sign up as a VIP and you'll get your first style for as low as $10. You heard that right. Just visit justfab.com slash over it to get your first style for as low as $10. Do it today, all you fabulous ladies. And now on to my talk with Kelly. Kelly, I'm so happy to have you on the show. Thank you for being on Coach's Corner with me. I'm so excited to be here, Christine. Thank you. I love the title of your book, Your Messy Brilliance, because usually those two things don't go together. (laughs) Usually (laughs) we think when we're being brilliant, we must be perfect as well. So tell me about why, why you wrote this book and why it's called Your Messy Brilliance. Well, it's funny, Christine. I wanted to call it The Messy Truth. 
And I had that name for a long time. And a lot went transpired with Van Jones and his Messy Truth show on CNN. And then I realized the Messy Truth is, is pretty masculine and pretty intense. And what I, what I realized was women discover their brilliance and their beauty and their passion and their joy through their messiness, through the places where they stop trying to get it right and be perfect. And that's really why I wanted to write it because I noticed on my site, Women for One, women were sharing stories about always feeling like they weren't good enough or they were striving for perfection and they felt stuck in their lives. And I thought, you know what? I am, I've always been told I'm a messy person and a messy thinker. And that's where I've discovered my genius, Christine. Mm. So that's why I wanted to write it. What's your definition of messy? Messy is all the parts of you, the good, the bad, and the ugly. That's how I define messy. It's like every single aspect of your life and your story. And it's the stuff that you don't want to look at. It's the, the experiences that terrify you. It's the, the, the shame that you have, but it's also that brilliant place in you, right? That, yeah. that place that, you know, you don't, you can't fit into a size six dress or right. a perfect, perfect quaff life. And that's what I love about the title, Your Messy Brilliance. So I think messy is, is a bad word. People hear messy and they're like, oh, I don't want to be messy. But I, when I think of messy in the way you're describing it, freedom comes to mind. And I think that part of what has happened to women, especially as we've become more masculinized over the years is we we forget that part of the feminine is being messy. Not messy in an irresponsible way, not messy and not dealing with our issues, but being able to feel and experience the full range of human emotions. That's part of not just what's so amazing about being a woman, but what's so amazing about being a human. So why do you think people, especially women, we have men and women that listen to the show, but majority women, why do you think people are afraid of the messy? Why do you think that they want to be perfect and put together all the time? Well, I know like with my best friend that was just in town doing my book launch with me, we have for years have tried to be in control of our lives as mothers, as wives. And, and, you know, a lot of times you feel very out of control when you're multitasking as women. And so being in control and trying to organize everything and not be messy is a way that we feel safe. But what I love that you said is that freedom word, which I know you teach freedom mm -hmm. to all of your clients and your community. I love that word because really when you can dive into all of that messiness in your life and not avoid it, not throw this love and light at it, but really take a look at it. It's almost like looking, opening the closet and knowing that it's not a big, bad monster. It is who you are. And it holds the keys to all of your joy and passion in your life when you can dive into that and not avoid it. How do you suggest people dive into that? Well, I think, you know, at women for one, the women are sharing their stories. That's, that's one way you can do it. You can really take a look. And the, the book is called your messy, brilliant seven tools for the perfectly imperfect woman. And the tools start with getting very curious, right? That's your first tool. Start asking yourselves yourself, the questions that you need to ask to move forward in your life, whether it be a small situation, Christine, like an issue with a coworker, um, or a friend or a larger situation. Like, why am I here? When you feel that lackluster 
feeling in your life. Like why, what am I actually here to do? I think these tools can help. And one of them is curiosity. The second one is awareness, getting a real awareness of the stories that you've decided to tell yourself about the experiences you've had in your life. Because when we get those awarenesses, we can start embracing our power and get in touch with our intuition. So I want to stop you for a second because I want to go, I want to bookmark that and come back to that. But you mentioned women for one and not everybody may know what that means. So can you talk a little bit about women for one and what inspired it? Yes. Um, I was at a place in my life. So women for one is a community of women from over 50 countries that share their experiences and their stories from the tragic to the celebrated in life. It could be anything from, you know, entrepreneurship, you know, launching a great business to losing someone to cancer, to having relationship and divorce issues. I mean, it is everything. And why I wanted to start it was because I felt like there were all these blogs where women like had to be good writers, but there wasn't a community that accepted anyone that wanted to submit an experience so that they can learn from the experience and gain wisdom and also feel connected to others and less alone because, you know, I've seen women from all ages, all economic sta- you know, statuses and all countries and cultures we all have very similar issues in our lives as you, you know, I don't have to tell you that, right? I mean, we can all feel connected and less alone when we can support one another and speak our truth and and have our voices be heard. Yeah. So for the women out there who long for that, but don't know the first step in getting it. And, and sometimes I think doubt that they have anything to offer. You know, they may hear you and be like, that's awesome. You started that. You're a real go-getter. And, and a lot of, I, I know a lot of women confide in me that they feel more shy or they feel mm. like they can't, or they feel like they don't have anything to offer, or they've been a mother, a caretaker, a wife, or a people pleaser their whole life. And they don't know how to really ask for what they need and how to be part of something. What advice would you have for them? That's a beautiful question. And I get a lot of that. And the first place I would, I would have them start is go on the site and start reading the experiences. Take baby steps in your life. Um, I talk about baby steps a lot in my book as well. You know, this journey of a lifetime starts with a few baby steps. It's not all or nothing. And there are women that are go-getters, but then there are the caretakers, the introverts, you know, the beautiful women that really, you know, aren't ready. And that doesn't mean they're at a different, you know, they're, they're less than other women that are go-getters. They're just in a different space right now where they don't want to put themselves out there, but they can still connect with themselves by writing for themselves. They can submit on my site anonymously, or they could just simply go on my site and read the stories. So they really can get a feel for what other women are going through and feel connected to them that way. Mm. I think it's just a matter of getting out of your own way and taking Mm -hmm. a step, really taking a step. Because what I think um, we're outgrowing is this, I have it all together. I think in the past, I would see women connect through either complaining about the same thing or Mm -hmm. wearing the same mask. Like either we both hate our husbands or hate our jobs or hate dating or hate our bodies. (laughs) And we connect over that. Or we both are like, yes, everything's perfect. And this is going on. And my outfit is great. And you look great. And, and what I'm loving is that we're getting more real with each other and we're celebrating each other and we're really connecting, not just over our complaining or our, our quote unquote perfection and just being real. So 
I would love for you to share, maybe there's a story, maybe from your own life, an example of how vulnerability and sharing what's real has created connection. Mm. There are so many. I know. But what, yeah, but but what I hear you saying, you know, I Christine from a a raw and vulnerable place for me, which I've never shared this on interview. I feel like I've hit a space. So I'm almost I'm going to be 50 next year, and I've hit a space in my life with the the connections I have with women, where my priorities are changing mm. in the way personally I define my connection with friends and sisters, where before, like you said, I really resonate with what you're saying. I was drawn to that magnetic personality that were, you know, that was charismatic and a go-getter because I saw that in myself. And I was drawn to the overachievers because that's what I wanted to be. And I thought that would bring me joy. And now, you know, even this weekend, I had some, an experience happen where I saw a long-term friend that, you know, I'd grown apart from and doesn't have a similar personality type to me at all. Like isn't a go-getter, but has a heart of gold. Mm. Be there for another woman that was in really in crisis in front of me at my event. Mm. And it, it brings me to tears um, to talk about it because I saw the heart of this woman and she's so different than me, but I learned from her. And I really hope that each one of us as women can see that beauty in each other. And it sounds so cliche, but I mean, I experienced it this weekend. Like this woman that's been my friend for over 20 years, we've kind of grown apart because we've gone different ways and we're just not similar, mm -hmm. but her heart is so powerful and she shows up for people and she shows up for herself. And I'm starting to real, really redefine my own integrity and values around what I value in mm. my connections and relationships from her. So that's, that's a story. It's a unique story. It's not about a person on my site. It's about me and me constantly questioning in a good way, asking the right questions to go deeper in myself and understand what my own personal integrity is and how I define my own connections. And how, yeah. And how you connect with people. Because, yes. because I think as we grow and as we yeah, as we grow, we're looking for more intimacy than we are similarities. I think we're conditioned yeah. to make friends based on what we like and what grade we're in and where we live and those types of things. But when we really start to see ourselves for all our brilliance, then we can easily recognize the brilliance in another. And one thing I found incredibly valuable about friendship is to really, really, really celebrate my friends, like really see their unique gifts without comparing or feeling like yep. I need to compete in any way. Because honestly, I see in many friendships, especially with women, there's a level of competition and comparison. So for people that are kind of cringing a little bit and they're like, oh, I kind of do that. Like I kind of do that. You know, I want my kids to do better or I, you know, I'm happy for my friend, but I want to kind of one up. And if, if someone's admitting that, cause that's part of our messy brilliance, admitting when we <laughs> fall into those, how mm -hmm. can she or he open her heart more and, and really start to connect through the heart and not just the head? Oh, I love that. Connecting the heart and the head. Well, in, in my book, I talk about how we have to connect, you know, I talked about that personal integrity and how I find, how I define my own personal integrity is really looking at and getting clear about what my values in life are, like what I really want with my conscious intention and pairing them together. And yes, that's a lot of esoteric words, but basically what I'm saying is 
get very clear about what your values and belief systems are. Because if you don't know who you are, you can't either create something or attract it. And that's the way I feel like I can connect my head and my heart, Christine. Yeah. And I feel like women can do that more and more. You know, when they have a solid knowledge of who they are, they can now, when they're challenged by someone, by a woman, by a, a, co- a colleague, um, in any situation, they can stand in their truth and speak their truth and, and feel clear with their voice. If you don't know who you are, if you haven't done that kind of work, even taking baby steps to do that work, you're not going to be able to define that or mm-hmm. connect the head and the heart. Hey everybody, sorry to interrupt. Just want to tell you about another fabulous offer from one of our sponsors. A lot of people say fall is their favorite season, but there's no denying it's a busy time. A lot of you right now are already dealing with the holiday stress. And one thing that's been making my life easier and tastier is a meal kit delivery from Sunbasket. Sunbasket makes it easy to cook seasonal nutritious meals no matter how busy I get. There are meals designed to fit every busy lifestyle. You can choose from paleo, lean and clean, gluten-free, vegetarian, family options, and they're all created by an award-winning chef and approved by nutritionists. Sunbasket sends you organic and sustainable ingredients. I love that. Pre-measured and ready to go. They take the guesswork out of preparation and make the cleanup easier, and you get to skip going to the grocery store. With Sunbasket, I prepare my meals in around 30 minutes, actually often less, and Sunbasket meals are always delicious. They're so yummy, and I definitely always find the time to feed myself delicious and nutritious meals. So go to sunbasket.com slash over today and get 35 bucks off your first order. That's sunbasket.com slash over it for $35 off. sunbasket.com slash over it. What are some baby steps people can take that are going, oh, this all sounds good, but I kind of don't know who I am. (laughs) (laughs) I love that. Um, Well, that's why I love the tools of the book, which is asking yourself, like really taking yourself through the the right questions, getting clear and getting curious. Because like when we were kids, we were always asking questions, right? We were asking our parents questions. We were asking the world questions like, what is that about? Well, I found that's come naturally to me. And when we can dive back in, the exercises in my book help you to dive back into those, that childlike curiosity, then you can move into kind of an awareness of your subconscious actions. Then you can really get in touch with your gut, your intuition, right? And be able to accept what is in your life so that you can move forward in a small way and make conscious choice. And that's my fifth tool is that, that baby step of just making a choice. Sometimes you're not going to get it right, but making a choice and taking some action in your life. That's what I would suggest. Could we go through, especially for the like type A's, could we go through <laughs> the keys? Cause you've listed, you kind of like jumped around and I'm sure people would love to know one through there. Seven of them. Is that what you said? Yes. And I want to be clear that they're not linear. Yes, it can be a linear process. Obviously our brains work that way. And for the type A's, I put it in an order, (laughs) but I also want to say and qualify, this is messy. It's a messy journey. Sometimes you're in one and you go to another. Um, so we start with tool one, which is curiosity. Then we move into awareness, awareness of our story and our experiences and really getting an awareness of where we've come from and looking at that. Then we move into tool three, which is my most challenging acceptance, acceptance of what is like getting very real in your life about what's going on. 
Then and only then I believe that you can you can check in with your gut. And the, the fourth tool is intuition and really checking in with that gut um, so that you can ask yourself that small voice inside of yourself. Tool five is choice. And I believe choice is my favorite, actually, because it brings us out of that victimhood of feeling like the world has done to us and gives us this hope that we can make a choice with the circumstances we've been given. Then we move into tool six, which is embodying limitless possibility. That's a little different in envisioning it, right? It's embodying it, like really not faking it to make it, but but really starting to know that you can create the life you want to create. And then the final tool is, I call it the roadmap. It's making life happen. It's taking action. And I believe, um, and you and I have spoken this about this before. I believe the new feminine is really the integration of the feminine aspects of the process and the emotions with real clear choice and action. And that's why I bridge the the tools that way together so that we can integrate both. Mm. Mm. Yes, because we we the integration is key, and I think that's where a lot of people are getting frustrated because there's so much access to awareness out there. I was on a coaching call with um, my mastery group this morning, and someone was getting stuck and frustrated because she had so much awareness, um, <laughs> but things weren't changing, and it's because it wasn't integrating. And part of how we integrate it is we make choices that support the direction we want to go. Choices to think right. a different thought, choices to respond differently to our feelings, choices to take different actions. It's in those choices that we create the change. And um, that's where that's a, that's a, a stuck point, a trap that I see a lot of people consuming personal growth fall into is I know, and I can psychoanalyze myself to death, but why aren't things changing? Um, so yes, it is, it is the embodiment. And embodiment uh, you know, I'll kind of give my two cents on this, but then I'm going to hand the mic back to you, Kelly. Embodiment is not, I don't want to say it's hard, but it really requires discipline. It's not like you read one book and you go to one workshop and you do one thing differently and voila, you're embodied in something. It takes practice and it takes also in that practice and in that discipline, not being hard on ourselves. And, you know, my inner circle, my membership community, it's all about embodiment. That's what we focus on. So I'd love for you to give your tips and maybe share some of your experience on the embodiment process, because from my point of view, that's one of the quote unquote hardest, (laughs) hardest steps. Yeah. You know, I, I have something called, um, how to be a master manifester in chapter six that I'd love for people to be able to work through. But I really want to touch on something that you're talking about because you were saying, you know, embodiment is challenging. I believe that this perfectionism thing, right? We, we were in this awareness. We're in our awareness. We can, you know, process it and analyze it to death. But if we get stuck in trying to get it right or do mm-hmm. it all at once, nothing's ever going to happen. I believe it's all about percentages and it's all about being able to allow ourselves to screw up and not go into shame about it. And that's really what the underlying theme of my book is. It's like, give ourselves a break. Women need to give themselves a break and not a break, like let ourselves off the hook, but in the way of not, not holding ourselves accountable, but giving ourselves a break and having some compassion, like we would have for our best friend. We just so we're so hard on ourselves. And I don't think we can embody anything until we start looking at ourselves compassionately and lovingly and knowing that we need to be able to love ourselves 
in all of our messiness, in all of our darkness, and know that we're all screwed up in this world and yeah. it's okay. It's yeah. just okay. Yeah, it is. <laughs> you know, I did a, a podcast a few weeks ago on um, over-prepping and perfectionism and that trap people get in between completing something and and getting really stuck in over-preparing, 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 and then trying to be a perfectionist. And I think both over-preparing and perfectionism are fear in disguise. It's just how fear comes up. Mm. So mm-hmm. let's talk about perfectionism because I think a lot of people, the overachievers, the perfectionists, the people pleasers, they know intellectually that there's no such thing about as perfection, but yet they still are like, but I want to do really great. You know, I know it doesn't need to be perfect, but it has to be really awesome. I'm like, that's still perfectionism. So <laughs> speak to the perfect, help them help the perfectionist, Kelly. <laughs> well, it's funny you say that because I'm just like that. I'm a recovering perfectionist, right? I still do it, but it's the awareness of, that I'm doing it. that I can just know what, you know, these steps have changed. You know, you're doing it and you can't stop. That's a step right there, right? And I find I have this vision, Christine, that I think of, um, when I'm trying to do something, you know, I get stuck and rigid about doing something and I know that's, I'm stuck in my perfectionistic box where Mm -hmm. I overanalyze and I make all these lists and I practice it all. And it's so automated and so rigid. And then I just stop. That's my tip. I stop. I take a deep breath. I I actually say a prayer for integration. (laughs) that I can just integrate it. And I believe that there's this place of trust that we need to all really integrate into our, our souls and our bodies when we've done the preparation. I mean, Oprah talks about it, right? You know, success is about preparation and opportunity, you know, so you prepare, but then you also have to trust and surrender to the outcome and, and trust yourself trust the circumstances and, and not try to get it right. Because when you get it right, when you try to get it right, you get stuck and rigid Mm -hmm. and it doesn't work. I've noticed that I put my roadblocks up. I throw these red flags up. It's, it's kind of like when athletes do it, right? They, they have to go, okay, I've prepared, I've done all I can, you know, and now I have to just surrender and trust that I will do the best I can. Mm -hmm. And the more I've done that in my life, the better I've done. Okay. So is there something you tell yourself? Like when you, like, is it like, stop it? Is it like walk away? Like, is there anything you say to yourself that, that helps you like, like stop tweaking the book, get away from the, you know what I mean? Like that when you notice you're in it, how do you get yourself out of it? Well, it was funny. I did this speech. I think it was two months ago during the hurricane in Florida. I remember that. Mm. And I was, for some reason, I wasn't feeling connected to the audience I was going to speak to. It was a local audience and it wasn't my normal, you know, women that get me audience. Mm -hmm. And I was nervous and I kept trying to memorize my speech, which just does not work for me. It just doesn't, but I kept trying to do it. And I walked into this room with 400 teenage girls, which I used to work with all the time and their moms. And I looked at it and I just went, you know what? I, I literally saw the word surrender mm. and I, I, I threw my script down. I took a deep breath and I have this vision of every time I do an interview, Christine, anytime I'm feeling really nervous, I, I do this quick meditation with, I, which I take five deep breaths and I see women from lifetimes and lifetimes and generations all holding hands around me. And I literally surrender it up. And I just walked up and it was beautiful. I love that. I love that. Yeah. Because when we're in perfectionism, we are just, we can't surrender. 
we're holding on too tightly. And the universe is like, I'm here to help. Here I am. Like, we're up here. Hello. Hello. Oh, you still want to? I know. I was like, you still want to control everything? Okay. All right. Well, when you're ready, we are here. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I so get it. Mm -hmm. I so get it. Yeah. I so get it. So um, you're a mom. How many kids do you have? Six. What? Oh, my God. three of my own. Three of my own and three stepchildren. You're like Mm -hmm. a mom, like mom, 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 like with six kids. Mm -hmm. I'm a mom. You're a triple threat. So (laughs) one thing I hear from women a lot is I don't have time for me. I'm, I have kids, I have a job, I have a husband. Like, how do I do this self-care? I, I get that a lot, especially when I speak to women's, if I do any women's conferences or speak to women's groups, they're like, you know, self-care is easy for you. You don't have kids, da, da, da. And I'm like, it's maybe easier. It's different. <laughs> um, but I think self-care is one of the most important things a mom can do because it, you're, you're teaching your children how to treat themselves by how you treat yourself. So how right. has you how have you embracing your messy brilliance and you taking care of yourself impacted you as a mother? <laughs> I mean, blending a family of six children with that are six years apart in age is a messy experience. And it's been a brilliant experience as well. And they all love each other and they're all incredible human beings. So I feel very fortunate. And yes. You know what I want to say? I want to tell all the moms and shout for the rooftops, stop trying to be the perfect mother. There, It doesn't exist. Mm-hmm. It does not exist. And I remember when I got divorced from my husband, my first husband, I was like, I said to my therapist, I'm so scared I'm going to screw up my kids. And she goes, oh, honey, you already did. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and, and so just accept, accepting that they all have their own paths. And moving on to self-care for me, what I've done (laughs) is I've given myself permission. If I want to binge watch something and eat crappy food for a day, I give myself permission to do that. It's not like I'm going to do it all the time, but I don't have to be the perfect human being for my child. I have to get clear on what my needs are for me, put my oxygen mask on first so that I feel fulfilled model the behavior that I feel like we should all be telling our children, which is speak your truth. Sometimes you're going to screw up. We're not always going to get it right because then they're not trying to live up to this idealized image. That's not, Mm -hmm. that doesn't exist of perfection. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I love that. I love that. They're not going to have to live up to an idealized image of perfection. Yep. I love that. I love that. Any final, final words, pieces of advice, something you wish you would have known 10 years ago? Oh, there's, so <laughs> um, you know what? I just think all women need to give themselves a break and embrace that messy, dark part. It's not as scary as we think it is. And as soon as we take a look at it, it dissolves in front of our eyes. So really be courageous and look at the parts you want to avoid because it will give you more freedom than you can ever imagine. And I should have asked this question earlier in the episode, but I'm going to ask it now. Because I think there are some people going, what do you mean my dark parts? Like, can you give some examples? Oh. Like, what are our dark parts? Shame. Shame. Mm-hmm. I hate my body. I mean, I, I I still do it. I hear myself talk. I get an awareness of myself talk. I'm like, oh my gosh, can I say one more time that I need to lose weight in my head during the day, right? Mm-hmm. Can I say one more time? It, it, the darkness is the shame that we have. I'm not good enough. 
I'm not a good mom. Oh, I just screwed up with that friend. Oh, I can't be everything to everyone. Those are the dark parts I'm talking about. Oh, you know what? I had too many drinks the other night. I mean, I'm not saying we need to dive into addiction. (laughs) What I'm saying is we need to give ourselves a break and stop beating ourselves up and get real with what is so that it'll free us up to be able to take a look at it from a real perspective. I love it. I love it. Where can people find the book and get involved with Women for One? It's uh, Women for One, all spelled out, um, F-O-R-O-N-E, women, F-O-R-O-N-E, dot com. And and then my book is on there, yourmessybrilliance.com. You can also find me there. We have a very large social media following, so I'd love to see everyone. And it's free to submit your story on my site. So I'd love to hear from all of your community. Awesome. Oh, thank you so much, Kelly. Thank you for writing this book. Thank you for being a voice of it's okay to be messy because that's part of your brilliance and Mm. reminding us to embrace all parts of us. Thanks, Christine. I appreciate your sisterhood and all of your support over the years. Always, always. When you're looking to buy a car, you want to make sure you're getting real pricing on actual inventory. But unfortunately, a lot of times this isn't the case. People configure cars online only later to find out they're not available. With True Car, you get real pricing on actual inventory. This is not pricing offered by True Car, but pricing from an actual dealer. And not just any dealer, but a True Car certified dealer. This is a carefully curated network of dealers committed to transparency and offering you a competitive market price. With True Car, you easily find the car you want. Over 3 million cars have been sold to True Car users by the True Car Certified Dealer Network. There are over 13,000 True Car Certified Dealers nationwide. And when you work with True Car, you'll work directly with a True Car Certified Dealer contact. True Car users save an average of over $3,000 off MSRP. Once you register, you'll see a real price on actual inventory. True Car shows their customers all of their available incentives before they arrive at the dealership. So when you're ready to buy, visit TrueCar to enjoy a more confident buying experience.